What makes a proper villain? Close your eyes and think. Is it the nefarious plans, the unlimited resources, or the downright evil in their minds? On this podcast, we're going to take you through our favorite proper villains, through books, nonfiction, spies, and more. Now sit back, relax, and let's get villainous. Welcome back to Proper Villains. I'm Robin Englehart Bagley, and I am counting the days until September when spooky season starts. I'm Caitlin Bagley. I am back from vacation, and I got to see plenty of villainy at the International Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. last week. So I, I was solo last time. Now we're back together for a regular episode. I did listen to the solo on the plane. It was very good. Oh, thank you. And I haven't read Rebecca since high school. Mm. So I think I'm going to have to get, go down that rabbit hole and try your recommended ones. Yeah. Yeah, you should. I, it's, they're a lot of fun. So, well, except the one I didn't finish, but I just sold that at the frontage sale. So I was actually shocked. I didn't know that you had a do not finish book list. Oh, there's a lot of books I don't finish. I was stunned. Yeah. It's a 50 page test. My uh, junior high English teacher said, give give a book 50 pages. And if you're still not into it, you know, it's just probably not something you're going to enjoy. Which you've imparted onto me. I didn't yes. know you learned that in middle school. Yes. My husband disagrees with you entirely. He is so much of the, no, there's a slow burn. You got to give it a lot longer than that. And mainly because I didn't like his favorite book because oh. at 50 pages, I almost fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there are a lot of books that, you know, I, I am not an obligatory finisher because some books just aren't for me. They might be for other people. And, and there are so many books in the world to read that you just cannot waste your time with something you're not enjoying. Slow burns are fine. I read a lot of slow burn books, but I just hated that book. <laughs> so I just, man, I wanted to throw it across the room about 30 pages in. I'm like, oh, and I've tried twice to read that. And I'm like, nope, this just isn't happening. That's and basically a hundred page test. Then, so isn't yeah. It? And, and I ended up, uh, getting rid of it in, uh, donated it for a marmage sale this past weekend. So yeah, it's gone. But we are getting into spooky season. We're going oh, to talk about vampires. Happy September. Oh, love vampires so much. So we're talking about uh, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. That was, I read this and then I read Mexican Gothic. And those were my top two books of 2020. Oh, okay. I loved them both so much. Yep. This one... I think I read in a weekend in your hammock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a propulsive read. Mm -hmm. Once you start, it it just takes off. So the setup is basically, well, Grady Hendrix, he he set this sort of in his own youth. It's the 80s. Yeah. It's Charleston, South Carolina. He's from the South, obviously. And basically, he wanted to write a book that would have like put his mom up against Dracula. That's what he wanted to do. Which is awesome. And he kind of, isn't that in his dedication a little bit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's in his, yeah, it's his, in his introduction or his acknowledgments. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, and, and Dracula didn't stand a chance. Yeah. Know? And it's, it's interesting because these are women that I found hard to identify with, not being a Southerner. Um, not being really, I mean, I grew up on a ranch. I mean, this whole upper middle class 
housewife thing, I was like, mm, this isn't my life at all. The but... white sundresses and sweet tea on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. And then can't identify with that. Not at all. No, not, not in the least, but it was a very interesting backdrop for a vampire story. It was because it's like, you would think it'd almost be more of a Salem's lot where mm -hmm. everyone's screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically Patricia is our uh, main character and this, this book is, she is our protagonist and she joins a book club or they kind of form one with some friends. They like to read true crime and well, it's kind of trashy. You know, they think, oh, this is trashy books. You it know? started because the first book club sucked and none of them were reading the books because they were boring. Oh, they were <laughs> terrible. It's like nobody reads those books. Not even the hostess. And she was like super uptight. So they're all reading trashy true crime paperbacks. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what they start getting together to talk about. And they love it. And the book is divided up by which book they're talking about. I thought that was really fun yeah and and these they are actual you know true crime books i mean they're read well bridges of madison county was not a true crime book but uh though i think someone did think maybe robert kincaid was a serial killer but um that was enjoyable because you know some of the books a lot of the books they were talking about i had read right so that was fun but they they all have these very predictable lives they're all you know, well-to-do women, a lot of they, none of them work. They're all married to doctors and bankers and yeah. lawyers. Yeah. And it's Patricia that really breaks the cloud of their lives suck. Yeah. They're, they're boring. They're boring. Mm. And her kids are horrible. Oh, her son is lifetime movie about a serial killer. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her son is not okay. Uh, but then one day they, um, this handsome, you know, single man moves into their neighborhood and he is the nephew, air quote, nephew of an elderly woman that has died, um, rather horribly actually. And no spoilers, no spoilers but you know, <laughs> she, she dies and he starts living in her house because he's there to, you know, take care of this estate and all that. And his name is James, uh, James Harris, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's super charming. Oh, he's super charming. He is that breath of fresh air in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and all the women are gazing. Yeah. And, and of course, what's the first thing she does? invites him into her house no. <laughs> no but she's she's not really happy in her marriage and he is very charming to her and she actually does not tell her friends this but she invites him one night to book club to be frank none of them are happy in their marriages no none no. of them so <laughs> she invites him to book club and doesn't tell any of her friends that she did this. And this is a book club entirely of women. Yes. So what, five women? Four okay. or five? I think at least five. So, and that kind of is kind of the tipping point of when things start to happen. Yeah. There are some, there's not, honestly, for a vampire book, there's not nearly as much blood and gore in this as you would expect. No, because this is proper. Yeah. And, but also, um, there is the one scene because with the rats, Ooh. that one's bad. 
that one, that one is like, but those rats were evil. Yes. And Mm -hmm. it's interesting though. The only person that really does not like James Harris is Patricia's mother-in-law. And she really does not like him at all. And, and you wonder why, like, what is it about this guy? And she, she just freaks out and she's, but you know, she's very elderly. She has dementia, you know, she's, she's not well. So everyone just kind of writes it off as, you know, they write her off, but, oh, they should have listened to her. Yes, they should have. Oh, you listened to your grandma's. Yep. And this guy is such bad road. And pretty soon all the men get really enamored with him. Cause at first the guys were a little bit jealous that all the wives are pretty, you know, tittering about this guy, but yeah. then all the men fall under his spell too. I hate these husbands. Absolutely. They're awful because they actually go to their husbands because they, I don't think they don't realize he's a vampire per se, but they think he's a bad. murderer. They think he's a bad guy. Yeah. Like, and they, their husbands like, sit them down. Yeah. Are do you have are you in hysterics? Mm-hmm. And James turns on them and exposes their book club. Yes. And then the book club becomes the husbands start coming. And then it's like this big potluck mm-hmm. thing that they all and and they it completely changes what they read. They start reading a lot of Tom Clancy. Yes, because that's what all the husbands want to read. read. And you do like Tom Clancy, but the women's books become censored. Yeah. The they husbands can't. control what they read. And yeah. it's because the women tried going to their husbands, mm-hmm. but the amount of, oh, you, you've been reading so much. You're hysterical. Yeah. I almost threw the book. Yeah. I, the husbands are horrible. And there's so much gaslighting in this book. So much. It, it very hard to read. And people, you know, I've, couple of online forums I'm in, they're reading it like, oh my God, I hate the husbands. I'm like, yeah, I think you're supposed to hate the husbands. You're supposed to hate the husbands because all the husbands are kind of the madmen is the real feel I got from them. They're probably sleeping with their secretaries. Mm -hmm. They're not helping around the house at all. There's trigger warnings for domestic violence. Yes. Um, They're horrible men and they're supposed to be horrible men because, Mm -hmm. but because James takes them over. Yeah, he takes them over and and then things start to get bad in town because kids start disappearing. But not the white kids, not the upper middle class white right. kids. Yeah. The across the train tracks, mm-hmm. African American children yep. start vanishing. Yep. And no yeah. one does anything. And that's hard to read about. Uh race is race is kind of a tough subject in this. And some people have been critical of the book and how it deals with race. Um, I think other people have said, well, but this is, you know, this is kind of what it was like then. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like there was very distinct class distinctions and, and this is hard to read, but really, you know, nobody ever kids cares when black children start disappearing. They start to get concerned when it's white kids. Right. And, you know, so I think there, there is that element that there's so much injustice and nobody is doing anything. Right. It's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Right. You know, and, and there is a, there is a black woman, you know, in the cast of characters, Mrs. Green, but she is, she's kind of a nurse and and a cleaning lady. She's the grandmother's like caregiver. Yeah. Yeah. I I was trying to think of like, you know. 
and the nurses that come in and take care of them during the day, yeah. bathe them. And so, I mean, that's, there are some, you know, and, and I don't know if he would have maybe changed how he wrote some of that. Uh, Cause this also was released right before, just a couple months before the murder of George Floyd. Okay. And I think the murder of George Floyd changed how a lot of people read it and went, eh, maybe race wasn't dealt with that well in here. And, and if he, you know, who knows, perhaps he would have written it differently in light of that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but there are, you know, there are some hard things to read in there. So there is also a trigger warning for sexual assault mm-hmm. um, because James gets exposed and does some pretty horrible things. Yes. And, and he's, he's, James really insinuates himself into Patricia's life. He does. Um, and that is not, I mean, things start going wrong with her daughter. Things start going wrong with her son. And she, she understands that James is behind all of it, but she has to convince other people to help her out. The husbands are no help at all whatsoever. The husbands do nothing. In the no. end, it's kind of funny. In the end, the husband. The husbands, they they just kind of like, well, he walked off and, you know, left us. Mm-hmm. And they just, they're oblivious. Yeah. The husbands are always oblivious. It's it's just, ugh, they're so gross. Yuck. But overall, it's, you know, the women do deal with him. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they get it done. Um, and there's... And there again at the end, there's you know there's some bloodier aspects at the end. But the, the you what know. you said, the book lacked in gore. Mm-hmm. The last couple chapters, yeah. There's there's some gore at the end, but overall, it's not a terribly you know gory book. They gotta get their hands dirty. Yeah. Yes, they do. Uh, so overall, it's uh, you know just a it, it really is a propulsive read. Once you start, you just can't stop. It was phenomenal. So it's so it's a great one to start off spooky season. Yes, so. with it's weird that we're starting off spooky season with a vampire in 80s South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, that is a little odd, but you know. So that was a Southern Book Cubs Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix. And then it is now again my week for the deep dive. As you got a whole episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I just finished The Ninja Daughter by Tori Eldridge, and you've also read this. Yes. And I was a little on the fence when you gave it to me. I was like, oh my God, this book is so good. Oh, it it is, but I was so on the fence. I was like, all right. And first chapter, first 10 pages in, good to go. Read it so fast. And at first I'm reading this and it's like, wait, a half Chinese half American with extreme Norwegian descent girl. I was like, where do you get this character? I flip it over in the back. The author is Hawaiian, Chinese, Norwegian descent. I'm like, yep. oh, yeah. So this, this isn't some person like, oh, I'm going to make the total weird, you know, I'm going to make a character. It's like, nope, this is actually her life. And she's yeah. actually a ninja. So yeah, she is. Yeah. Um, Follow Tori Eldridge on Instagram. She is amazing. Ooh. She I'm is a she is that. a real life ninja. But our protagonist is Lily. And Lily is a ninja mm-hmm. who protects abused women. Mm-hmm. And I 
loved that. She uses her ninja powers for good, never evil. There is um, the warning for um, sexual assault Mm -hmm. because what makes her become this... Vigilante. She is a a vigilante. Definitely a vigilante Mm -hmm. is because she has experienced violence. Um, But then you also get the culture clash of her North Dakota... Her North Dakota (laughs) Norwegian dad, dad, you know. And her mother who is a immigrant from Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. You get the... um, having to marry the right man, mm-hmm. having to struggle with meeting her parents' expectations, while also training to be a ninja, which is a Japanese art form, not mm-hmm. a Chinese art, um, dealing with the loss and the trauma she had sustained. But then also, one of the women she protects is tied in with the mafia. And that is our villain. Our villain is the husband of this mm-hmm. Ukraine. He's a Ukrainian mobster. Yes. He is a Ukrainian mobster that she is trying to protect these women from. She's also has this, she can't decide if he's a villain. She wants him to be, but she's definitely got conflicting feelings. But eventually, you know, she also like finds out these crazy schemes going on in her city. This takes place in LA. Mm -hmm. So she really learns the dark underbelly of city government yeah and and real estate development yes real estate development she does end up having to kind of wrestle with her morals to make something work mm-hmm. and using her abilities to save a woman and her yeah. child and it was a phenomenal book you just loaned me the sequel mm-hmm. reading from the back it looks like the grandparents are coming so yes. that's going to be interesting yes her hong kong grandparents come in the second one and and they have a huge uh financial business that her mom runs the American branch of. Right. And and so her mom is is really kind of a big deal in the finance world. And her dad runs a restaurant and Lily lives above the restaurant. Yes. Her dad runs probably the most authentic Chinese restaurant in Chinatown. Yep. And it I love when she talks about people visiting from Shanghai who are coming and they like, oh, finally the food we want and they find out like this six five 180 pound norwegian is cooking yeah. for them but it's so sweet because he's learning how to make the food from hong kong so that lily's mom doesn't have to miss home as much yeah. which was so sweet it is sweet and they truly do the parents truly have a very sweet love story i yes. mean lily and her mom have a bit of a strained relationship um they love each other but They just don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Yes. But her dad just kind of allows her to be who she is. Mm -hmm. And she's very close with her dad. And, but all of the, the staff and the rest of the restaurant, um, you know, they're Chinese and they're cooking Chinese food. And, you know, some of these guys have been cooking Chinese food for decades I love the one she calls uncle. Yeah. The one she calls uncle and the food. Oh my God. You read this and you just get hungry. It is, Mm -hmm. it's, it's truly so, uh, truly so well done. It was, it was phenomenal. And I love the weapons on the cover. Mm -hmm. I do watch a lot of forged in fire with my husband and I now want a karambit. Yeah. Me too. The little knife in the front. Cause one of the judges always has them and I want one now. Yeah. They're, they're very cool. So there's two out. The third book uh, is coming out in September, the ninja betrayed. So in the second one, her, her grandparents from Hong Kong come to LA 
And in the third one, um, Lily actually goes to Hong Kong. Ooh. So yeah, that comes out in just a few weeks. Oh, I'm going to have to read the second one a lot faster now. So I devoured this. I read this mostly over a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty fast reads. So, and yeah, and Tori Eldridge is great on Instagram. So you should definitely follow her. So, so what are you currently reading? I'm currently reading Codename Madeline, a Sufi spy in no- Nazi occupied Paris by Arthur Megida. Megida? Megida? I'm not sure. in the comments, yeah. but I, I've heard about, um, this spy mm-hmm. and this is nonfiction. So this, this is, true. is nonfiction. This is a biography. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard about her originally on the criminal broads podcast and the crime fighting broads. Cause she was a Nazi fighter. Mm-hmm. And then I saw her, she had a very small little exhibit in the international spy museum mm-hmm. and her story is amazing. Her father was an extremely, um, prominent Sufi teacher. He went across Europe. He went across North America. Her name is Noor, mm-hmm. Noor Khan. Mm-hmm. And you, I'm only in chapter five and Noor is now a grown woman and the Nazis are coming through Paris and she's fleeing. Yeah. So I haven't gotten really into what she does yet. I do know from the podcast and the exhibit, she was one of the satellite radio operators mm-hmm. to get relays back into France. Um, the book is very blunt in the dust jacket and in the um, back. She does eventually get caught and die in a concentration camp. But the teachings, everyone kind of believes Sufis are pacifists. And by her father's teachings, they are not. Mm-hmm. They are supposed to stay away from violence for violence sake. But if being violent is the only way to help, mm-hmm. they are expected to fight violence with violence. Mm-hmm. So that is why she is immediately, the Nazis are coming, well, we have to fight back. Mm -hmm. She abhors violence, but she recognizes that turning a pacifist back is not going to stop what the incoming tide of terror with Hitler. Hmm. That sounds like a good one. I am loving it. I've just in like two days of owning it. I'm just ripping through it. I'm loving it the chapters are very short it's very well written you really you feel for her i mean Mm -hmm. she's in france but she's growing up in a traditional indian family Mm -hmm. but her mom's actually american Hmm. so she's really ripped between lives her mother ran away with from the united states left her whole inheritance to marry her father oh really wow interesting no that sounds like a good one Um, my uh current Current read is Case Histories by Kate Atkinson, which is the first in the Jackson Brody series. And uh, about halfway through it, it is good. I'm waiting to see how all of these disparate threads kind of tie together because there are things happening in different, like things that happened in the 70s and things that happened in the 90s. And and I'm waiting to see how at some point all of these threads have to come together. Um, so it's it's interesting. I know a lot of people... Um, love the the Jackson Brody series. And so I decided I would finally dip my toe in and read it. And so far, so good. So, well, I think that's it uh, for this episode. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find us. And please subscribe. 
Yes. And, you know, share us. We're getting into spooky season. So if you've got a spooky loving friend, make sure they know about us because we're getting into the vampires pretty fast here. Yep. Yep. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Instagram at Proper Villains Books and on Facebook at Proper Villains Books. We'll see you in two weeks with more villainy and the spookies. Thank <laughs> you.